God never intended us to do life alone. He values relationships and wants us to have one with Him. This is the second message in the series, Take the Journey. This message is entitled, Don't Go Alone. Here is Sam Mitchell. All right. So excited to share God's word with you tonight. My name is Sam. I'm part of the team here at Redeemer, and we're going to continue through our series, Take the Journey, Part 2, together. So we're talking about being a disciple of Jesus, being a follower of Jesus. So a disciple of Jesus is a personal follower, learner, and imitator of Jesus. So Jesus, as he's taking us on this journey with him, he's shaping us and he's molding us and he's transforming us through his word and through his spirit. And in that process, we're becoming a more a stronger follower, a better learner, and a better imitator of Jesus. So it involves following him, following the different uh, path that he leads us down, learning from him and, and imitating him, embracing it into our lives. So as we follow Jesus, he's taking us to experience the best that God has for us. And in each season that we're in, God has something for us. There's something that he, he's calling us to do and there's something that he wants to do in us. And so throughout the different seasons of our life, there's, there's a best for each season. There's a best for each situation. And so as Jesus is navigating us through this journey, he's wanting us to experience his best in each and every season that we walk through. He's leading us to places of restoration, fulfillment, freedom, and wholeness. Wonderful, good things that are not only good for us, but ultimately being glory to God. And so last weekend, Jessica taught us that we have the opportunity to start the journey with Jesus now today, right? That we don't have to wait till tomorrow. We don't have to wait till we figure everything out, till we're perfect, and know that as we are, Jesus, when we accept a relationship with him, we can begin that journey with him. And then each and every day, we have the moment to, to say, yes, Jesus, I'm going to follow your lead on the journey that you're taking me on today. And so as a part of this journey, Jesus offers us a fresh start that we can experience with him now. So regardless of our past, Jesus gives us that fresh start, but we need to be willing to say, Jesus, yes, I receive it. Yes, I accept it. Today will be my day where I'm going to start my journey with you, and then I'll continue to say yes to you moving forward. Now, just because Jesus is leading us on a journey, which is a good thing, very good thing, there's, there's some, um, there's some uh, dynamics that are involved with this journey with Jesus. And so a part of the journey with Jesus is not our walking with Jesus alone, but God calls us to walk with other people as we're walking with Jesus. And so tonight we're going to talk about don't take the journey alone. Everyone say, don't go alone. Don't go alone. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever had a long drive somewhere by yourself, like four, five hours. Do you remember what that experience was like? Chances are, if, if you were taking that drive and it's a long time, you probably started off fresh, you know, hopefully. But over time, as time went on, you got a little tired. You'd have to blast the music, maybe call someone in a safe way. Um, do whatever you need to do to creatively keep yourself awake, right? Because you want to arrive to your destination. Now, have you ever taken a long drive to somewhere, but you're with a very close friend, like, like someone who you absolutely love to be around, 
See, when, when we think about those moments, it was probably a very enjoyable ride. We were talking, we were laughing, joking around, having a lot of fun, and, and the time seemed to pass away faster than when it did when we were driving by ourselves. So those are two different experiences. One experience, it's not necessarily bad to drive by yourself, but it's a much better experience when you're taking a, a road trip with a very close friend. Now let me ask you this. Have you ever had to navigate something difficult in your life by yourself? How, how did that feel? Just, just take a moment to reflect on that. Chances are it felt difficult, probably felt discouraged at different times. You, you felt the full weight of walking through and navigating that situation, having to make all the decisions. Now, have you navigated through something difficult, but with people who loved you and cared for you and wanted to support you? How did that experience feel? Now, it probably wasn't easy still, but you probably felt encouragement along the way. You felt supported. You felt listened to. You had people speaking wisdom into that situation. And you probably made better decisions walking through that than when you did make, walked through something difficult by yourself. See, I want us to see that when we're walking together with people, the right people, man, there's, there's so much more we experience than when we walk through something by ourselves. And so we're talking about taking this journey with Jesus. And so this journey with Jesus is not intended to be walked alone. Yes, the most important relationship that we can have is our relationship with Jesus. There is no relationship that can compare to our relationship with Jesus. But with that said, he created us in a way where we're supposed to flourish not only in the context of a relationship with him, but with a relationship with other people. It's God's intention and his design for us that we take the journey of being a disciple with Jesus with the right people. Let's look at Matthew 4, verses 18 to 22, which is our theme verse for this series. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So notice in that text that Jesus called multiple people. He didn't call just one person. He called multiple people, and he called them at the same time to follow him together. So he didn't say, Peter, you can follow me this one day, then Andrew, you can follow me this other day, and then John, you can follow me a separate day. No, they were called together, but they were called to follow Jesus together. So they had meaningful relationship with Jesus. Each of them had that relationship with Jesus, but they also had meaningful relationship with one another. And so 
Jesus gives us this model. He gives us this example that, yes, I want you to follow me intimately, but in addition to following me intimately, I want you to have meaningful relationships with other people, the right people. Throughout the New Testament, Jesus' disciples followed him together in meaningful relationship with Jesus and with one another. So Jesus calls us as we're taking this journey with him to not go alone. Everyone say it one more time. Don't go alone. So we're going to talk about three truths related to this idea. What does Jesus want us to understand about not going alone, going with the right people through this journey and being a disciple of Jesus? Number one, if you're taking notes, God created us for relationships. God created us for relationships. God has created us to need one another in a healthy way. Keyword healthy. The healthy is the keyword, right? Because we, when, sometimes when I hear, well, we need one another, sometimes we can take that to an unhealthy extreme. So we're, we're not talking about being codependent on people. We're not, we're not talking about that extreme. But in a healthy way, God's created us to need one another, to be in relationship with one another. In Genesis 2, it says that God completed his creation of heaven and earth. Then he creates Adam, the first man, and places him in the Garden of Eden to manage it. Notice what it says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. So this is the first time in his creation process that God said something was not good. Note, Adam did have relationship with God. He had a relationship. That, that was established. So God saying that it was not good for him to be alone, he was not referring to Adam's relationship with him. He was referring to the lack of human relationship that Adam had. It was not good for Adam to be alone. And so God's created us in a way to flourish, first and foremost, in our relationship with Jesus, but then in addition to that, in relationship, meaningful relationship, healthy relationships with other people. John 19, verses 26 and 27. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciples whom he loved standing nearby, he's talking about John, he said to her, woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Reading that, it's so interesting to note that Jesus is on the cross at this moment. Let's just think about that. He's on the cross experiencing everything that goes with that. And there's this moment where he turns and he sees his mother. And he takes this moment to establish a family-like relationship, a relationship of care between his mother and John. That on the cross, in the agony that he's feeling, with the full weight of what he's going through, he takes a moment and shows us that he cares about his mother having someone to take care of her. In a moment when he had full right to be focused on something else, he shifted his focus to a relationship between his mother and his disciple. And so Jesus, he cares about our relationships. He cares about them. Psalm 68, verse 6. God places the lonely and families. That's beautiful. God places the lonely in families. 
See, it's God's heart for us to be in meaningful relationship with him and with other people. And he will take action, and he continues to take action to help us find meaningful relationships with other people. See, God values relationship. So if God values relationships, then he calls us to value relationships too. So what do we do with this truth? Because we we can mentally understand, okay, yeah, it's good to value relationships, but what do we do with this truth? Well, one thing we can do regarding this truth is to prioritize relationships with our time. You know, we all have different seasons of life. We have different responsibilities. We have different things going on in our lives. And it can be easy sometimes, if we're not careful, to put relationships on the back burner. My wife and I, we have two kids, a two-year-old son and a four-month-old daughter, and they take up a lot of our time. And it would be easy, honestly, to not spend a lot of time with people. They require a lot of time. They require a lot of energy. And if I do have spare time, I want to sleep, right, <laughs> if I'm honest. And so it's, it's easy to prioritize something else because of something going on in my season than relationships. Now, I'm not saying that we have to go to the opposite extreme and sacrifice important responsibilities and sacrifice important things that we know to be engaged in just to spend time with people. But I'm saying let's not be people who don't prioritize relationships at all. In, in my season right now, it might be different than your season, so you might have more time than me. You might have less time than me. The point is that we all have some amount of time that God has given us, and we have to make the decision for ourselves that, God, if I'm going to prioritize relationships, that's going to mean that I need to be willing to prioritize those relationships with my time. I need to make time for people. I maybe can't do that for everyone, but let's start small. Let's just find one person. Find one person and spend some time with them and invest in the relationship. Find two people and invest in the relationship. There's there's so much blessing and fruitfulness that comes when we're connected in meaningful relationships with other people. But a part of this as well, to prioritize people and relationships with our time, yes, we need to make time for those relationships, but a part of it also means we need to be open to new relationships. You see, as seasons change, people come, people go, people move. There's all different dynamics that happen in life. And so it's very natural that our relationships change. There could be one season where you have a bunch of different relationships that you're investing in. And then in the next season, most of those people might have moved. I think about COVID, for example. So many people moved. So many people transitioned from our jobs, from church, from different areas of life. And that's not a bad thing that people transitioned. It's a natural part of life that happens. And so what do we do when our, our normal group of friends, our normal group of relationships, the majority of them move for one reason or another, or they just transition out of our life for one reason or another? That's an opportunity for new relationships to come into our life. It's an opportunity for God to bring new relationships into our life. But if we are not open to new relationships, we're going to block people. We we can't form a new relationship with anyone if we're not open to having new relationships. 
And in the different seasons of life, there are going to be moments or seasons where, where God's going to bring someone into your life or he's going to try to bring someone into your life. So he's, he's not going to force it. We, we have to be open and willing to receive them. See, sometimes we sabotage our growth. We're talking about being a disciple of Jesus, right? We sometimes sabotage our growth because we reject the very people that God's trying to bring into our life. And sometimes we have this mentality that, oh, I, I got to be spiritually hard. I got to be spiritually tough. I got to spiritually walk through this alone. There will be seasons. There will be moments where God's going to lead you to walk through something alone. And in those seasons, God is going to use it. I think about Matthew chapter 3 where Jesus, he was baptized. After his baptism, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. But notice it doesn't say that Jesus led himself into the wilderness. It says the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit was the one who led him into that season of loneliness in that time. And too often we say, well, I'm going to walk through this alone. We, we didn't pray about it. We didn't ask God about it. We didn't consider, if, is, it, is this a wise decision for me or not? We just say, no, I'm going to walk through this alone because God's trying to do something in me. That might be true, but let God decide if he's going to have you walk through something alone or he's going to bring the right people around you to walk with you through it. Not only is our, is our growth Sabotage, but, but the, the transformation of our character and how God wants to use us. See, when we are open to new relationships, it's not always about how God's going to use someone in our life. It's equally about how God's going to use us in their life. And so we, we rob ourselves of growth opportunities. We rob ourselves of opportunities to give God glory and to see him use us in a powerful way because, again, we have a hard heart towards relationships. It's really not hard to tell. You can talk to some people, and you can just feel it. Their, their, their hand is up, and they're like, don't come too close. And that's, that's not God's design for us, dear ones. So here's the question we need to ask ourselves. God, God am, I, am I prioritizing relationships? Are, are there relationships that I currently have where you want them to speak into my life or you want me to speak into their life, be a blessing to them, but I haven't prioritized giving that relationship the time. And God, what's the condition of my heart towards relationships? God, am, am, am I, is my heart hard towards new relationships? Am I unwilling to be open to new relationships? And if so, God, what's, what's in me that's causing that? Yes, I, I, I agree. Starting a new relationship, while it can be fun and it can be exciting, it can be draining. It, it can be tiring. And people hurt us sometimes and they fail us sometimes, disappoint us sometimes, but none of those things is an excuse to have a hard heart towards relationships. God created us for relationships. God values relationships and he calls us to value them as well. Let's ask God to help us to trust him with the relationships that he has in our life right now and the potential new relationships that he wants to bring into our lives. Number two, relationships impact our growth. Relationships impact our growth. So our relationships influence many areas 
of our lives, including our growth. We need to be aware that just because something is growing does not mean that it's healthy and it's good for us. Here's an example. Let's say you go to Giant and you're, you're buying some fresh strawberries. And if you're like me, when I go and I'm looking at the strawberries, I pick them up and I'm like, all right, let's see what's going on here. Contorting in all these different ways. Why am I doing that? What am I looking for? Mold, right? I, I want to make sure that, it's, that they're good. I, I don't want to be eating mold, right? <laughs> and so we, we examine it because we understand that if I eat something that's moldy, it can poison me. It can hurt me. So we'll do that for strawberries, but we won't do that for relationships. We, we won't be willing to examine the fruit that's coming from someone's life. And to ask ourselves the question, is the fruit that's coming from this person's life, is it healthy or is it moldy? Now we know, duh, if I'm holding moldy strawberries, I'm not eating that trash. Like, I'm throwing that away. It's not good for me. But when it comes to relationships, it can just be that much harder. Sometimes we're not, we're not, we see the moldiness and we're just not willing to acknowledge the mold that's there. Whatever the case might be, just as God is calling us to, hey, pay attention to what you eat in the physical, well, pay attention to the relationships that you have. Just because you have a relationship does not mean it's healthy. Mold grows. Just like a strawberry grows, mold grows. One is good, one is bad. Just because something is growing does not mean it's healthy. And God's calling us to have discernment, to ha have some, some spiritual insight, clarity about the people who we have relationships with. If you look at my face, I'm wearing glasses. What's the purpose of glasses? To help me see. Without my glasses, I cannot see very well. Right now, the whole room is blurry to me. I can barely tell who's in front of me. But this is how we walk into relationships. We're, we're hanging out with people. We're spending great deals of time with people. We're letting them speak into our lives, into our marriages, into how we raise our kids, into our finances, into different areas of our life. And without us realizing it, we're spiritually blind. And we just keep allowing the wrong people to be speaking into our life because we lack the vision. And one of the best prayers that we can pray is, God, may you give me some spiritual glasses. May you give me the spiritual glasses of discernment so I can see clearly. And because I can see clearly, now I can make some decisions from a place of clarity, from a place of healthiness. But we need to understand that some relationships are healthy, some relationships are not healthy. Can I ask you, have you ever walked through a situation and you had a relationship, that person influenced you in a bad way to make a poor decision, and even today you're still experiencing the consequences of that one decision you made in the past? Has that ever happened to you? I know it's happened to me. And that's a terrible place to be. Now, on the flip side of that, have you ever had a friend 
someone in your life who, who spoke God's word into your life, spoke wisdom into your life, spoke love into your life, helped you walk through something that was hard, and now you look back and now you're reaping benefits from decisions that you made, but you would not have made those decisions if those people weren't in your life in the first place. See, it matters, church. It matters that one, we be in relationship with people, but that we be in the right relationship with people. It's God's desire that the right things grow from our life. It's not, as, as a follower of Jesus, he's not going to produce spiritual moldiness. He can't do that. But the wrong influences in our life, they, they can create an environment conducive for spiritual moldiness if we're not careful. So, Let's look at Proverbs 13, verse 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Things that we just talked about. So how can relationships influence us? They can influence us two ways, negatively and positively. Let's talk about negatively first. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. I find it interesting that Paul said, do not be deceived which implies that people are deceived and think that bad company will not ruin their good morals. How will relationships, the, the negative ones, how can they influence us negatively? Well, a couple things. This is not a comprehensive list of negative things that can happen, but these are just a few things. One, they can cause us to compromise. God has called us to holy and righteous living according to his word and his standards. Our relationships have the potential to influence us to accept and live out God's standards or to be misaligned with God's standards. And so when, when we compromise where we may know the standards of God, we, we know in our heart what God's calling us to do or his desire for us, but those relationships influence us to compromise, to, to miss the mark, to, to not fully complete what God has called us to do. Another way, a negative side effect of, of negative relationships is we can become stagnant. Our relationships can cause us to become stagnant, becoming inactive in the very things that will help us grow in being a disciple of Jesus. Being stagnant isn't even just about you stop growing. It also can mean you stop being used by God. Not because God doesn't want to use you, but because you say no. I say no. And so when we're stagnant, we get stuck. We can be spiritually stuck. And there's, there's no progress in our growth, no progress in our obedience to what God's calling us to do. Another way that relationships can negatively impact us is we can make poor decisions. Relationships can cause us to make poor decisions that bring consequences not only to us, but it can impact other people, it can impact people we love can cause us to, to miss the moment that God wanted to use us. See, there's, there's, there's a lot more that's at stake than just I'm walking through something by myself. There's, there's a lot that's going on, a lot of blessings that come when we have the right relationships in our life and a, a lot that can come into our lives when we have the wrong relationships in, in our life, the things that we don't want. So let's talk about positively. So relationships can influence us negatively, but they can also influence us positively. Hebrews 10, 
uh, verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So what are some of the ways that relationships can positively impact us? They help us to grow, help us to spiritually mature. They help us to live out the higher standards that God has for us. They can help us desire more of God. They can provide encouragement and wisdom and practical support in where we need it. There's so many blessings that come when we have the right relationships in our life. See, we need godly relationships in our life. God calls us to love everyone, and we should. But we need godly relationships in our life because they're going to help us walk the journey with Jesus. They're going to help us stay on track. They're going to encourage us. They're going to support us. And we're going to have moments to celebrate with them. And we're going to have moments where they're walking with us through something difficult and where God's using them to be a blessing to us. There's so much that God does in our life when we have the right people in our life. James 5, verses 14 to 16. Are you hurting? Pray. Do you feel great? Sing. Are you sick? Call the church leaders together to pray and anoint you with oil in the name of the master. Believing prayer will heal you and Jesus will put you on your feet. And if you've sinned, you'll be forgiven, healed inside and out. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. God will use godly relationships to help us live and pursue wholeness and healing, restoration, to see the promises of God fulfilled in our life to help us make the right decisions when we have to make a hard decision or things aren't going our way, to help us stay on track. So many wonderful things that take place when we're with the right people in our life, walking with them, having a meaningful relationship with them. Romans 12, verse 15, celebrate with those who celebrate and weep with those who grieve. I've... I've, I've really come to appreciate this verse, especially when it says, and weep with those who grieve. Have you ever had to grieve by yourself? Have you ever grieved with people who loved you and are grieving with you? You're still experiencing the grief, but two totally separate experiences. Grief is hard, grief is painful, but at the same time, there's, there's something sweet that comes when the right people in our life are grieving with us. They're, they're hurting with us. They're, they're praying with us. They're, they're, they're taking steps with us. They might not have the answer. They might not be able to change the circumstance. They might not be able to take the pain away necessarily. But there's something that's just different in a very powerful and good way when we're not grieving alone when we're grieving with the right people around us. Dear ones, God could use you to show his love and compassion to someone by just meeting them where they are and weeping when they're weeping. That goes back to us being open to relationships. If we're not open to relationships, we might miss those opportunities for God to use us in that way. 
So what do we do with this truth? Two things that we can do. Let's ask God to help us examine our current relationships and their influence on our lives. Let's, let's ask God, Lord, may you please give me spiritual discernment. Lord, please give me clarity about my relationships. Lord, help me to, to see the fruit that's being produced from someone's life. So I can make, I can pursue the right relationships. And I can shift the wrong relationships. The second thing that we can do is ask God and to seek godly counsel about how to strengthen the relationships that influence us positively and to set appropriate boundaries for the relationships that influence us negatively. Boundaries is a very good thing. And, and there's, there's different ways for us to do that. And it requires God's wisdom, and it requires us seeking wisdom from other people to help us do that in a godly way. Can I ask you the question, how are your relationships right now? Are, are the relationships that are the most intimate with you, the closest to you, are those relationships influencing you positively or negatively? And whatever the answer might be, God, God can meet you and he can meet me exactly where we are to lead us into the good things that he has for us. Number three, our best growth comes from being committed to a place. Our best growth comes from being committed to a place. Pastor Dale has prepared a video for us to touch on and teach us about this point. So let's watch this video together. You know, we're involved in this series called Take the Journey. We're taking a journey with Jesus, learning how to be his followers, learning how to truly be his disciples. It's so important that we learn how to daily walk with Christ and how to really be that person that Jesus wants us to be in the midst of a world that's going the opposite direction. And one of the things we need to understand is that to, to grow in our faith in Christ, we have to understand that Christianity or following Christ is not a solo thing. It's not something we do by ourselves. It involves connection to and commitment to a body of believers. The church itself is a corporate gathering of believers who come together to grow. and We become a family of God, a family of God in Christ, who now are pursuing together. We are pursuing together the will of God, not only individually, but corporately to accomplish his work in the world. And Jesus told his disciples one day, he said, I, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. A lot of people really do suffer in their spiritual journey because they don't understand the value of being connected to a local church. And so they suffer outside of the realm of what that church provides. Jesus said, I will build my church. Those that are called out, called together for a purpose. Those that are a part of my family, I call them together. I will build my church and, notice he says, the gates of hell will not prevail against them. There's a certain dimension of spiritual protection that comes to you when you're a part of the church, an active part, not just someone that shows up occasionally, but really being an active part of church life. And I'll tell you something else. So when you make that decision to be an active part of church life, what you're doing is you're planting yourself in the house of God. And the Bible gives us a tremendous promise when it comes to planting ourselves in God's house. And it's found in Psalm chapter 92, verse number 13. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. See, no plant can flourish until it's planted. 
You can't cause a plant to produce great fruit if it's not planted somewhere. And, you, and it's going to be ineffective in its fruitfulness if you keep pulling it up and uh, replanting it in different places. And so to be planted is to find that church family that God's calling you to be a part of. And to remember, I'll, I'll tell you again, I've told you before, there is no perfect church. It doesn't exist uh, because there's no perfect people. And so people, a church is made of people. So you're never going to find a perfect church. And as I've said before, if you ever find the perfect church, uh, let's make sure and not join it because we'll ruin it because we're not perfect. We'll bring in our imperfections. Every church has imperfections. But we need to get planted in this place where God says, I can help you to grow and I can help you to flourish. And I've seen so many people over the years get planted in the house of God and come in weak and emaciated and unfruitful and unproductive in their lives, but they just stick it out. They stay faithful to their planting in their relationship with God personally, but also with the body of believers. And their lives begin year after year to flourish and to take on new dimensions of productivity and fruitfulness. Now, to do this, it needs to be something that's consistent in your life. And it's so easy to fall out of the pattern of really being a part of church life. And that's why in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, we're given this very important uh, reminder. It's not just a reminder, it's actually a commandment. It says, let us not neglect. Notice that neglect's a strong word, isn't it? isn't it? Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his returning is drawing near. The Bible says it's important to meet together. And that's why weekend services are in so, so important. We gather and we worship, we corporately hear God's word and we're doing it together. And there's something powerful. Jesus said, where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So whether you realize it or not, yes, you can meet with God alone. Certainly you do and you should. And it's a valuable thing to meeting God in a personal way in your life. But there's something unique and something special that occurs when we gather together in God's house. Ephesians 2 Verse 20, verses 20 through 22. Listen as I read this. Together we are his house. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord being made, being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. And in the early church, it says in Acts chapter two, verse 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. The Bible says they were connected in relationship one with another. They worship together. So I want to encourage you to make a decision in your life. Make the big decision that church is going to be what your life is about. That you're not waking up every weekend and saying, are we going to church this weekend? No, make the big decision that church is a part of your life. It's not something you are going to decide on. You've decided that as if I'm, if I'm healthy and able to do so, I'm going to be in the house of God with other believers worshiping, but beyond that, connecting, serving, making sure that you're getting connected with groups, get using your gifts to be a blessing to other people, because I promise you this. Not I, I'm not really promising. God's promising this. The scripture says those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. Make the choice to be a planted member of the body of Christ. So, it's, yes, amen. So it's important that we be rooted and planted in the local church. We receive spiritual nourishment that we need to grow as a disciple of Jesus. And that nourishment, we understand it, it comes from the, the teaching from every weekend. But in addition to that, it can come from the context of relationships that God brings into our lives. 
the godly relationships, the right relationships, the, the healthy relationships. See, and so we can, we can sabotage our growth, one, because we're not receiving God's word on a weekly basis, but two, we can miss the nourishment that God wants to give us through relationships with one another. As I think about my time here at Redeemer, there have been so many relationships, so many people that God has used throughout my life to, to speak into my life, to encourage me, to shape me, to challenge me, to lovingly correct me and, and, and shift me. And I thank God for each and every one of those people because I wouldn't be who I am today if it weren't for those people. And I met those people in church. I didn't know it as I was growing up, but there were people in the room that God was gonna use three years down the road to speak words into my life, to speak words into my marriage, to speak words into how I raise my kids that have been a blessing to me, that's been a blessing to my family. See, when we're talking about being committed to the local church, we have to understand that there are people in the room that God wants to connect us with. And we might not know when he'll connect us, but if we'll trust him, if we'll make the decision to get rooted and planted and trust him with his ways and his timing, God will bring the right people. You never know what challenges might come in the future. And we'll pray and we'll seek God and the, the answer that God gives us might be in the form of a miracle. It might be in the form of a person. It might be in the form in, in, in the wisdom that he wants to share through them to you. It, it might be in the form of sending the right people to pray with you and, and to walk with you through something that's hard. So let me encourage you, take a, take a step. Get planted in God's house. There's so many different ways and opportunities for you to get rooted in God's house. We have our starting point class. It's a great opportunity for you to learn God's purpose for your life and how to get connected into the life of the church. If you're not sure what next step to take, that's a great one to take. But whatever the next step that God has for you, Know that if you'll take that step and you'll trust God, that God will lead you and he'll guide you along the journey that he has for you. And as a part of that, as you're growing, as he's nourishing you spiritually, he's gonna bring the right people around you to bless you and to help you to continue to grow and to be who God has called you to be. As Jessica told us last weekend, let's start now. Let's not wait another day, dear ones. Let's make the decision today to seek God, to allow the right relationships to come into our life. What did we learn today? Three things. That God created us for relationships, that relationships impact our growth, and that our best growth comes from being committed to a place the church. If you bow your heads with me as we pray. Father God, we worship you and we bless you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you love us, you care about us, and you care about our relationships. 
And Father, sometimes relationships can be really hard. But Lord, we pray that you will take your word and seal it into our hearts. Father, we pray that you will help us to apply this word that you've spoken to us today. Help us to be open and receptive today, Lord God, to the relationships that you want to bring into our lives. And Father, as you bring the right relationships, Father, may you help us also to be the right person. Help us be that right person for the others who we'll have a relationship with so that there's mutual growth, there's mutual blessing, there's mutual fruitfulness, and most importantly, glory to your name. We ask these things in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me, and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray, and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out, and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God, and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus... I know that that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.